0: I'm Eric Drews broadcasting from Oshkosh, Wisconsin And we'll be joined shortly here by Matt McLean and Al Tuna. Oh man, uh, I feel like we've had a lot of these style games this year Where the Packers just completely overwhelm an opponent But I can't remember one as satisfying as the one we saw last night 55-14 to over the division rival, arch-rival Chicago Bears And believe it or not it wasn't even that close. It should have been 80 to nothing the way this game was played. Tons to talk about on this one, and uh, the Packers red hot after the bye week, and the Bears ice ice cold. Uh, so this will be a fun one to talk about. Uh, not so fun on uh, what Navy blue and orange forever somewhere in uh, Chicagoland, but certainly fun for us. Matt, I don't even know where to begin with this one, but. <laughs> That one got out of hand super fast, and I can't remember, even that Viking game this year and that Tennessee game a couple years ago, I can't remember a game getting that out of hand that quick uh, in any of the time we've been watching Packer games.
1: No, and thank goodness for us, like you mentioned, we're not doing the Bears podcast. In the, in the time we've been doing this, we've never had to cover something like this on the other end of things. <laughs> That's true. Uh, the Packers, but to... I mean, to that point, this doesn't happen very often. I mean, the Packers, you you talked about the Vikings game, and that was a blowout. You still felt like you were playing an NFL team. This seemed like something completely different. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Bears were not even close to competition for the Packers last night. Mm -hmm. And it it, it just felt like they were from a different league or something was up. I mean, they were so bad on top of the Packers playing really well. And, I mean, there was that Buccaneers-Falcons Thursday night game earlier this year that kind of reminded me of this, Yeah, where it just like a complete mismatch. But it's good to get one like this over the Bears for sure
0: Yeah, and to talk about how little competition there was there Not to get right into it, but who is more to blame for that? Granted, both sides get credit for that, but oh, I, I really want to be I'd say exce- absolutely Chicago Okay, go ahead, elaborate on that
1: Yeah, I, I mean... You can, I mean, when you're Aaron Rodgers, and he had some Aaron Rodgers plays where he put, you know, threaded the needle, but you also have Jordy Nelson running free down the sidelines, and it's not like he put some crazy moves on anybody. He just ran down the field and beat the zone, and nobody decided to pick him up a couple of times. Yeah. I mean, your punter is, you're screwing up so bad that the Packers are able to kick it before your punter can. <laughs>
2: yeah, that and was insane. And it's just, I mean,
1: all the penalties, all the stupid mistakes, just bad defensive planning, Jay Cutler being awful Jay Cutler again against the Packers and Lambeau. Mm -hmm. It was just The Packers played really, really well But the Bears, had they showed up like that Against any other team last night Would have gotten just stomped by They would have gotten
0: stomped by Minnesota
1: Had they played like that (laughs) last night, I feel like It was just so bad
0: Yeah, and I really think it starts with that defense That might be the worst professional defense I've ever seen I mean Just completely hapless to let Jordy Nelson, who I think entered last weekend as number two in the NFL in receiving yardage, and a guy who's just destroyed everybody at Lambeau Field. Just let him run free. Yeah, twice! Twice in back-to-back drives. Just completely let him run free. It seemed like the Packers knew exactly what the Bears were doing with all of their checks. And even Jay Cutler, I know he's been getting hammered today, and if you've read anything written by anybody down in Chicago, they're calling for his head Um just talking about him like he was a disaster last night. Well, A, they allowed 55 points without the Packers trying for the last 25 minutes of the game. And he played much worse in other games against yeah. the Packers. He didn't even play that bad last night. I mean, he had that ridiculous interception where he pointed off a, a what Kyle Long's head right into Casey Hayward. But other than that medicine ball that he threw to Micah Hyde, I didn't think he played... I mean, he didn't play well, but he didn't play disastrously like he was, you know, missing wide-open guys and throwing to open Packers defenders like we've seen. He was just a little off, and then every time he left the field, he came back on three minutes later down another touchdown.
1: And that's a tough situation, too, obviously, when your team, you know, spots the other team like 28 points right away and you're trying to play catch-up. We know exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. We can just put the pressure on him and just hammer him with clay, so it was, uh it's, He did play bad, but I I hear what you're saying. I I mean, he definitely had a lot to do with it, but you kind of have to understand that it wasn't completely his fault.
0: Yeah, and and just on the off chance that anybody in the Bears' front office is listening, I think he played great. I mean, he resembled Tom Brady out there. Uh, So I would definitely keep him for 10, 15, (laughs) 40 more years if you can. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I love the quarterback situation in the NFC North right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, although we got that annoying little uh, John Elway wannabe in Matt Stafford who plays like garbage for 55 minutes and then pulls one out of his back pocket It'll
1: catch up to him
0: Well, I hope so, I hope it catches up before week 17 because they're going to need it Uh, We'll we'll get into that more uh, as we get to some of the other things that happened yesterday, but Man, um I made a joke on Facebook that Aaron Rodgers missed a chance at a record yesterday and uh by not getting sacked, uh his broke his streak of twenty nine straight games getting sacked. He was very close to the all time record for consecutive games in which to get sacked, so it was very sad to see him not get that record. Um, um Who
1: holds that one, do you know?
0: I think it's Philip Rivers. Okay. Um, and actually Sam, I looked it up this morning Sam Bradford's in front of him too So he could have tied Sam Bradford Oh uh, man, for that so one. close Yeah, so close So he's got to start all over on that one Very disappointing But also he had the chance of course To tie the NFL record for touchdowns Would you like to have seen him stay in a little longer? Or do you think they played it right?
1: Yeah, I, when you text me that he needed one more for the record To be honest with you I was like wait they, they had to have like Run in one or two of those I didn't even realize He had six I thought, I thought he had like Four or five I was like they had to have Run one of those in But no it was all to, All Rogers. So at that point I was like screw it It's the Bears Go for eight You know set the record And they definitely could have Yeah And I kind of wanted to admit At the time but Looking back on it now, they definitely made the right choice, and even after they pulled him, I was like, yeah, thank goodness, because he could have gotten hurt, again, obviously, coming wow. off that injury, so they made the right choice, but it would have been really fun to see eight.
0: Yeah, and uh, old Matt Flynn somehow stays on the top of the Packers record yes. books with <laughs> six touchdowns. Uh, it's the, That one's not that funny, because it's hard to throw seven touchdowns, clearly, but... The one that's funny is that Aaron was pulled with 580 passing yards against the Redskins last year, which tied Flynn. Uh, So Flynn somehow still has the yardage mark, too, for Packer history, which is fun. Actually, maybe Rodgers threw more than that against the Saints. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But, yeah, I thought they played it well. I think you never know what could happen. Credit to the Bears is they took their beating much better than the Steelers did yesterday or Baltimore did the week before. Uh, Maybe they just have – I don't know, if you're a – chicago fan or a chicago coach do you think the way the bears reacted for the most part there's some chippiness there always is when a game gets out of hand but for the most part i thought they took their historic beating in a very gentlemanly fashion would you like to have seen them be a little bit more like crybabies like pittsburgh and the Bengals and the ravens tend to be when they lose so is that a lack of passion or is that more professionalism
1: I'd say maybe a little... I mean, we did see some of it with that, that cheap shot on that punt return right to the helmet. Oh,
0: uh, it's on house. That guy should have been thrown out. House.
1: Yeah, he should have been tossed. There was a couple of things, but I think it kind of has to do with the fact that with the way they came into that game, clearly not wanting to be there. It, yeah. It sure seemed like it. If you're at that point, you know you're going to get stomped going into Lambeau. You know, if you, once you start getting stomped, you're like, oh, well, you don't really feel like fighting at that point. You're just like, let's get this game over with, and I don't want to get hurt. So. Mm-hmm. I think that probably has more to do with it. They just got killed by the Patriots, had a bye week to sit and think on it, probably were all down on themselves, and they got stomped again, so at that point, they're probably like, you know, more heads down than ready to brawl.
0: Yeah, they could have been embarrassed at that point, and I understand that, and... Certainly losing to the Packers poor, uh, badly is not new for the Bears in this recent era of football, but I find it funny that their reaction to getting destroyed for the second straight week was far more reserved than Mike McCarthy's reaction to s- tripping on a cord yeah, on the yeah, sideline. That
2: hilarious. I totally
1: forgot about that. <laughs> What was his deal with that?
2: I don't know. I think he just startled him. So it's kind of like when you're at home and you bump your knee on the coffee table or something. <laughs> you just get you're kind of scared, but then also you're mad. But it was funny because I think they were talking about how cool he was and how he was so smart. And then right as they were talking about that, he has a, to- a mini freak out over tripping on clearly the dropping
1: f bombs, just from like yeah. tripping over a court and yelling at the cameraman or whoever was standing by.
2: Yeah. So that was one of, if you stayed after the onslaught to watch the rest of the game, it was worth it if you got to see McCarthy react to tripping. <laughs> that was one of the best moments of the season, in my opinion.
0: But before we get into some of the other Packers stuff, um, we're just talking about how poorly the Bears are, because quite frankly, they deserve it as much as the Packers deserve praise for how they played yesterday. If you read as I alluded to earlier if you read anything written by anybody in Chicago or any comments by Bears fans or anything they are ready to fire Mike Tressman today and obviously uh, defensive coordinator Mel Tucker as well do you think that the last couple of weeks and really the skid the Bears have been on ever since the halftime of the first Packer game do you think it warrants making a move like that mid-season on Tressman and Tucker
1: Surprisingly, yes, I do actually, oh, wow. and I'm kind of surprised to hear myself say that because I don't usually feel like firing a coach in the middle of the season is a good idea. Yeah. But you also don't have two back-to-back games like that ever. I mean, teams just don't do that.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: the Chicago Bears, and you may have fired Lovey Smith because things weren't quite as good as they had been, but they've gotten a whole lot worse. And you just can't show up like that. I I can see maybe waiting till the end of the year, and I hear reports today that no, he'll be safe, mm-hmm. no matter what happens. He's only been there a year and a half, but That was embarrassing. You cannot do that. And I don't get how they showed up like that. And it's probably not 100% his fault, but you just can't do it. And I would have been completely understand it. You know, I would have completely understood had I saw today that he was fired. I I mean, the defensive coordinator for sure. How long has he been there now?
0: I would assume he came in with Trussman.
1: I mean, their defense is. Over the last two years, they went from one of the best in the league every single year to just an embarrassment. Yeah. And it's just surprising to see this kind of a a downfall. They're better than 3-6, and and I don't think it's the talent. Maybe defensively the talent is the issue, but it definitely is not offense, and he's supposed to be an offensive juggernaut in his mastermind, and they're terrible.
0: Well, he just seems like the worst coach to handle this type of situation where you almost need a guy to grab him by the face mask and be like, listen, you know, have some pride. You know, get out there and do something. You need, like, you know, I think McCarthy could do it, but you almost need a a guy like a Mike Singletary. You know, as as much as he didn't win anything in San Francisco, they were a doormat going 2-14 and every year until he came over there and be like, hey, wait a minute, we don't have to be a doormat. And he got him, you know, he only got him to 6-10 and or whatever, but at least they were competitive, yeah. and he, he's just kind of stand there taking it right now, and now I know you said this doesn't happen all the time, and that, or it never happens, but...
1: Not to the Bears, it doesn't.
0: Well, it did happen, The they said yesterday that this has happened one other time to the prestigious 1923 Rochester Jeffersons, <laughs> so I think, you know, the Jeffersons, you know, they didn't recover, I don't think, very well, they lost two of their uh, four games that year, so... Well, I mean, if
1: you're like the Jaguars or the Raiders, it's one thing—you're rebuilding, you're drafting, whatever. But you're the Bears. You've got, you know, your franchise quarterback. You've got two supposed elite receivers. You've got a franchise running back. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this cannot happen. It, it can happen if you've got a, a rookie quarterback starting, but I—I I don't understand how this team shows up like that.
0: Well, and they invested some money in that defense during the off season. They yeah. got they got Jared Allen and Lance Briggs has been. You know, and, and, I mean, did Jared
1: Allen or Lance Briggs even play last night? I hardly even noticed.
0: If you'd have told me Lance Briggs retired after the 2009 season, I would have yeah. believed you. But, yeah, Jared Allen didn't do anything, and I don't know, it, it was a weird game. It, it's hard to take anything from it because it felt like it was 28 nothing as soon as the game started, and... Yeah. But you'd like to see him fight back. I mean, I was kind of joking with you and on Twitter and stuff about garbage points because it just felt like there was so much time left. I mean, Rogers was out with 25 minutes to play. I'm like, well, gosh, this is going to be a gross score at the end. It's going to be like 56 to 21 or 28. Or and they didn't even have, even with their starters in, they didn't have enough energy or enough wherewithal or enough pride to even put up 21 points, when I'm pretty sure the Packers would have gifted him 21 points if they just would have put forth some effort. It was pathetic out there, and I can't imagine what it's like to be a Bears fan today. Firing Trestman right now, I don't know if that does anything, because I guess it depends on where you think this team is. If you think this talent that you have is going to be your 2015 Bears, and all it needs is a tweak, then yes, fire them. But if you think you've got to rebuild the whole defense and you're starting to rethink, you know, take that Jay Cutler contract to a lawyer and see how can we get out of this without the least amount of damage, and how can we trade Brandon Marshall, and how can we put Matt Forte up for a fire sale, if you're looking to completely rebuild the roster too, then I say, why the heck not just hang on to Tressman and see if you can't catch fire again. Sure. Uh, but... I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know enough about Jay's contract, but is there any way they can get out of that? Because you got to think that's at least crossing their mind.
1: I don't either. Yeah, you would have, think, have thought, you know, knowing the way that he's played, that they would have built in some kind of out. Usually after like two or three years, you're able to kind of get out of it without too much repercussion. So I would imagine they have something like that in there. But no, I do not know, and I haven't really heard much talk about that today either.
0: Yeah, and I know the uh, Andy Dalton contract was structured like that, where it had yes. some huge balloon number, but they can opt out basically after next year. Um, I'm trying to find out some information on that, so maybe we could talk about that on another day. But uh, Guaranteed $54 million of $126 million, Wow! And, and he just signed it, what, was it this year or the year before?
1: So he's still going to be around for a
0: while, I would assume. Yeah, he signed it right after the... Uh, right after the Packers lost last year, so yeah I, you, you almost think you have to be tied to it to at least another couple years i mean fifty five million you can 't have that be dead money when you need that much. you almost just have to hope for the best <laughs> um, so yeah, so the bears stink i 'm very glad for it, and I hope that contract is something they can 't get out of it this uh s b nation article that was talking about it back in January basically says right here that. The Jay Cutler agreed to a new deal and would keep Cutler in the Bears past with the Bears past his 37th birthday,
2: which is oh gosh. awesome. <laughs> <laughs> wow! How old is he right now? Like 20? 20...
1: Yeah, I didn't oh, think he's he was
2: 31. Didn't he's think 31. He's
1: in his 30s, but
2: yeah, he's 31 years old. So, okay. but <laughs>
1: okay. hey, that's six more years.
2: Yeah, so he'll be there for the duration of Aaron Rodgers' career potentially, mm-hmm. which is. Pretty awesome So
0: let's talk about the defense uh, Clay Matthews made the yes. move to middle linebacker He played about 75% of his snaps there And it was the best defensive effort against the run that the Packers have had all year And I guess what it was your reaction to that At first the idea of Clay Matthews being inside It felt like it would limit how dynamic he could be But he was still a force rushing the passer And uh, I don't know, I think this might work
1: yeah, I thought at first when they said it, I was like, "Well, that's kind of strange." You're putting in Nick Perry, you know, a guy who's an average pass rusher at best, and you're mm-hmm. losing Clay off the edge. But then after watching how they used him, I thought it was brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it was mm-hmm. we complain about his contract and how you know, although he's an elite player and makes a lot of things happen as a as a primary pass rusher, a guy who doesn't get that many sacks, you know, is he over overpaid for what he actually does? But when you have him in the middle like that, he was able to do so much more, and he's already a better middle linebacker than anybody else we've had in the last five years. So if you can use him like that and still be creative with him and and use him in the pass rush, and I think it was Collinsworth or somebody last night compared him to Troy Palomalu, and that was pretty close to how they were using him. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty awesome to see So I don't know if it's going to be that effective in every game going forward Considering teams will be more ready for it But I mm-hmm. think it was a really smart choice And he wasn't just sitting back there as a middle linebacker you know, Doing his read steps and, and playing the run He was being used a little differently than a primary middle linebacker And I thought it was really awesome
0: Yeah, he's certainly a better blitzer up the middle than A.J. Hawk's going to be yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, his run support was great They did some really creative stuff with him Um, And I think at the end of the day, it's been one week. I think there's definitely potential here. But if you're going net change, I mean, Clay Matthews, if he's at 100% effectiveness on the outside – you know, if you're trying to, I'm trying to think of a good analogy to use, but let's use Madden ratings for the benefit of a better one, or for the lack of a better one, and say he's a 97 outside linebacker. You stick him at middle linebacker, maybe he's an 89, but then you stick a 85 Nick Perry on the outside. That's better than having your 97 Clay Matthews and then your 70 Brad Jones in yeah, the middle. Exactly. The I difference
1: mean, is is a lot bigger. Him him upgrading at the middle linebacker As opposed to Perry coming in at outside linebacker
0: Yeah, definitely Although this formation, I was thinking about it today uh, And I hope that Philadelphia Runs a crappy Read option next week with Mark Sanchez Because him in the middle playing that read option Kind of scares me Especially if you have a quarterback that can make him hurt Uh, I feel like, you know, if he gets... On the outside, at least you can funnel them back. On the inside, you can play contain. There's more space if you get fooled. If you get fooled on in the inside, that could be pretty bad. Yep, true. But we'll see. We'll have to wait. It's the first time they tried it, and I think it was pretty good. I don't really have a a ton else to say about this game. I mean, it was such a beatdown, and it felt like half a game, and then you're just standing around. It was a, another one of those games that just felt like a preseason game. felt like Aaron Rodgers has hardly played at Lambeau Field this year. Uh, that was one stat, since they fell down to the Jets 21-3 at home, since then they've outscored their opponents at Lambeau Field 163-44, so that's uh, pre- pretty decent. Yeah, pretty good. Um, shoot, I, I had something that I, I wanted to mention, I guess, but, um, oh, Eddie Lacy I wanted to mention. I thought he played really good yesterday, but when you look at it, he only had, what, 118 yards from scrimmage, but... This is going to be one of those things where we as Packer fans are going to have to grade on a curve when we're talking about Eddie Lacy's sophomore season because his stats aren't going to be as good at the end of the day. But when he's used, uh, at least the last month, he's been incredibly effective, but they have so many weapons that they just don't need him that much
1: yeah i would agree with you to a point i mean he did only average 3.6 yards in the ground but he's really surprising me in the passing game and i know it was just basically one more long catch that makes his average look like it's 22 and a half but yeah um i mean the last two weeks i would say for sure obviously with the buy in between but he's running harder it seems like so you're right he's gonna end up probably with just barely a thousand yards it seems like he gets only 50 60 yards a week but if he if he can kind of keep it up like he's doing and keep getting stronger and stronger as the year goes on, I think he's definitely going to be um, well worth it.
0: Yeah, what do you think about that big touchdown of his? It was impressive, and he he did well, and I, I thought he showed good speed, but um, was that kind of a gift of the Bears who were a little tired of running at that point?
1: Yeah, probably, <laughs> just like a couple of the other touchdowns, too.
0: Yeah, so I, I guess that you, you take that uh, as it goes. I mean, heck, it's a touchdown.
1: Yeah, oh. I wouldn't give it back.
0: No, definitely not. Uh, real quick, Aaron Rodgers against the Saints had 418 yards. For some reason I had that switched in my head and thought maybe he had 481. I know it was his highest total of the season. And actually their total in New Orleans, 591 total offense was, uh, yesterday they had 5, or I'm sorry, 451. In New Orleans they had 491 and that's still their highest output of the season, so. Uh, that kind of springboards me onto what I want to talk about, is how empty some of these uh, things are in the NFL. And the Packers won 55-14, but I can't help but be less impressed by that uh, than if you'd have the exact same game in 2004 or in 1994. It, just yesterday, as excited as I was, the Packers crushed like four straight teams, and then they got crushed, And now they're crushing the Bears again. You had the Pittsburgh Steelers annihilate two playoff-caliber teams and then go to the Jets and get just completely punked out. I don't understand the NFL right now. Denver's gotten killed. Seattle, I mean, they've been roughed up a little bit. San Diego, they lost by nine, but they got a gift touchdown in that game. Denver's been destroyed. New England's been destroyed. I mean... I don't really even know what to make of anything right now, and as excited as I am about the Packers, I feel like the reason the spread was as it was is not because they're 55-14 to 14 better than the Bears, although you can make that argument, but it just feels like every single team, I know I said it last week, every team in the NFL is like two turnovers away from just getting completely destroyed, and and yeah. I don't really like it.
1: Yeah, it is really strange, and it's it's really hard to pick games, too, and I think... Maybe I'm wrong here, but I think it has a lot to do with kind of the creative coaching too, is you can't, like we've maybe seen with Sean Payton and Mike McCarthy, you can't sit on what's been working for you because teams are gonna Mm -hmm. adjust to it, and like the Jets did against Pittsburgh, Tomlin was probably saying to himself, hey, we've killed people for two weeks in a row, let's just, you know, keep doing what we're doing, and then a good defensive mind like Rex Ryan comes in and just shuts them down. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, that has something to do with it, and I think that even though some teams look very different in talent, like the Jets and, you know, a team like the Broncos or something, they're really not that far off, maybe just a quarterback off. So Mm -hmm. if you're able to have a good game, you know, defensively or something like that, you're going to upset somebody. So it is it is frustrating at times, but to your first point, you're right. Had this game happened in 96, we'd probably never forget it. But now it seems like we've already done this to a couple of teams this year, so it didn't seem, you know, quite as out of the realm of possibility.
0: Yeah, and I think... It's just... I think it has to do with nobody's defense is very good. I mean, Seattle included. Everybody has the potential to just have an off day, and then an off day just gets you completely destroyed. And I started on Sunday kind of looking at stats... Because it just felt like there's been so many blowouts. And yesterday really didn't do much to help that because there was a bunch of other ones. I know you had some tight games, but there was some other, you know, the Packer game was a blowout. We'll see what happens. The Sunday night games have been brutal. After that San Francisco-Chicago game, every single Sunday night game has been as bad as Thursday. Just (laughs) 20-point games every single week. And I wanted to look up how this season ranked against some other ones. And so I set the criteria of a 20-point game. So how many games are decided by 20 or more points in a given season? And since the merger in 1970, 2014 is set up to be the fifth, I guess worst is not really the the word, but the fifth highest percentage of games being decided by 20 points or less. So far this year, of the 146 games played, 38 have been decided by 20 points or more. That's 26%. Um, and then 2009, actually, recently, also had 26.5, which is second highest in history. And these are involved in... The, the only other ones around this in the top five are all from the mid-70s, when teams had really, really good defenses, and a bunch of teams had completely inept offenses that couldn't score a touchdown a game. And I guess I don't know what to make of this. If you look at the top 20, it has... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven of the top 20 uh, highest blowout rate seasons are in the last 10 years. So I don't know if that's a product of the new NFL or if there's anything to make of it, but if you do the trend line that the NFL was horrible um, in the '60s and '70s where there was just a ton of blowouts, uh, 1973 had 30 percent of games be blowouts. So certainly whatever rule changes they made then were important. It kind of came down through the 80s and the 90s, and then, according to my data here, in 1995 was the best year in NFL history from a competitive standpoint. Just 13.75% of games were decided by 20 points or more, so almost every game was close. And since then, it's been trending back upwards towards about 25%, which would make it amongst the highest ever. So, I know that's a lot of data to throw at you, but... Um, is there anything that they should do now is this something that the NFL should be concerned about do you have any just real quick thoughts about that
1: I, yeah I guess real quick I think it directly correlates to the the rule changes to make it a little easier on the offense because if you when you open it up that much if you know a team is, is primed to score 50 points at any given Sunday. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it can just happen sometimes. Whereas back then, you know, even in the 90s, more, I mean, more running game and everything, you weren't bound to score that many points. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you put up that many points, you can maybe shut somebody down a little bit. So it, it's kind of strange. You would think like pre-free agency would have more blowouts because it was more Im- imbalanced. But yeah. it's just, just these high-powered crazy offenses are just ready to just kill somebody at any <laughs> second.
0: Well, and there is a drawback, and and I did this to to balance it out. The 90s was the best decade um, of the uh, history of the NFL going back to, like, the 50s as far as competitive games. Uh, So the 90s were the best in that. But if you take that to the playoffs, the 90s was pretty bad, almost as bad as the 80s. 80s had 30% of the playoff games were blowouts. The 90s had 21%. And actually, the 2000s also, 21% of the playoff games were blowouts. Uh, But right now, in the 2010s, we've had the best, most competitive playoffs ever. So um, maybe you're just going to have, I don't know, maybe it's a reflection of now how important the quarterback is. If you have a good quarterback, you're going to blow out the really bad teams, and if you have a bad quarterback, you're going to get blown out every other week. So um, I don't know. There's a tons of trends, but maybe it's something that as we go forward in the next five or ten years that the NFL really should keep an eye on. <laughs> Another thing about the NFL changing, and then we'll get to a, a nice topic by Daniel Johnson uh, that he sent about the changing NFL is the The NFL had its last game in London for the 2014 season, another barn burner, the Dallas Cowboys against the Jacksonville Jaguars, which evidently the NFL is trying really hard to make the Jaguars the home team of London. And they've agreed to play over there more because they can't pay people to come watch them in Florida. And they actually have a fan club called the Union Jacks with J-A-X, which I give them a little credit for that one. But Jerry Jones came out after the game yesterday and said that he really, really wants to see a team in London. And all the owners are talking about putting a actual team in London. And I don't know if we've talked about it that much on the show, but I just kind of wanted to get your thoughts. I guess, A, do you think it's going to happen? And do you think it should happen?
1: I don't think it should happen. Maybe I just, because I think it's stupid. <laughs> I guess personally, I don't know if I have a better reason than that. Is I just think it's dumb mm-hmm. to have a team that far away. Um, I mean not only does it completely kinda of blow up, but we're used to seeing, you know, an all American league and teams not have it to travel overseas and kind of screw up their whole schedule, but I guess the NFL doesn't care about that anyways with Thursday night games yeah. and all that. Um
0: Yeah, it's twelve hours from London to the west coast, eight hours from London to the east coast. Plane ride.
1: I guess I don't I know players would be against it. Nobody's going to want to get drafted by a London team. Nobody's going to want to sign their free agency. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised to hear the owners be so on board with it, other than the fact that maybe Goodell is telling them they should be on board with this because it's going to make them more money. Yeah. Um, but you would think it primarily would. I know there's um, you know, profit sharing, but I – would think it would mostly just benefit the team that goes over there, and not as much everybody else. You never know. I just, I don't think it's going to catch on over there. Soccer is established. It's the sport that everybody, everybody watches and goes to over there. I don't think it makes sense for the league. I don't want it to happen, but I'm a little afraid it might.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping they come to their senses in the way that they seem to have about the 18 game playoff. Although next year we start with the 17 team playoffs. Uh, your, with 18 game regular season. Yeah, that's what I meant. Did I say 18 team playoff? Okay, that's crazy. That's way, way too much. Yeah, yeah. 18 game regular season. They got the seven game playoff. I was thinking ahead of myself, as I tend to do. But yeah, I don't understand how a team in London can work. Like you said, no free agents going to want to go over there. I mean, a 20 year old kid from Alabama or from Wisconsin or from California is going to want to pick up his life and move to London. I mean, give me a break and be a minor. You know, be a minor sports celebrity over there rather than a major sports celebrity close to home. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to do that. The logistical problems seem insane to me. They could never play a primetime game. They would have to play all their games at either 9.30 in the morning or at or 8.30 that they did this year or at noon because they couldn't play the Sunday night's time slot. So you'd be completely crippled in that regard and that 830 time slot while it was fun for a one off and they never done it before are you going to watch four games a sunday every sunday i know i'm not going to no. and this just goes back to the reason the owners are pushing so hard and i read i'm stealing this comment from a a, somebody, a reader on a, one of the articles i i saw today he said he believes the problem with the owners nowadays is there's a bunch of businessmen who happen to own football teams rather than the Lamar Hunt style generation that was yeah. a bunch of football fans that happened to be businessmen absolutely yeah and i think that there are there there are more of the Dan Snyders and fewer of the Bob Crafts i think in, in the world right now and i know crafts in favor of the london team but they've reached maximum saturation in the, the United States, and that's why they're trying to do it They can't squeeze any more money out of it We're already paying 100 bucks to go to the stadium We're paying 10 bucks for beer We have no money left We have given them all of our rec- recreational money That we're willing to hand over to them for NFL football And I think that's why they want to go over there And they're talking about, they're doing Saturday night games this year In the, the uh, latter half of the season Saturday afternoon and evening games they're actually looking into Wednesday night games. Jeez. They're doing seven team playoffs starting next year. Mark Cuban had a comment that got him a lot of criticism that they're gonna kill the Golden Goose within ten years, and I think he's right. How many of those weekday college football games do you watch? How many of those ten o'clock p.m. college football games do you watch? And they at least have the aspect of there's, there's local stuff to it. They'll, they'll make money if they're not televised. Man, the NFL, they're, they're never not going to be profitable, but holy cow, are they walking that razor's edge. And I don't know. Do you have any comment on that before we talk about the thing Daniel Johnson sent us about how many more rule changes they want? Because apparently the game is so popular that they can't possibly make more money in the game in its form that made it popular. It's. It feels like when I heard... Uh, Mumford and Sons' next album was going to have dubstep on it. I'm like, okay, you just were like one of the more popular albums of 2012, so let's not make anything anything close to that, and see how it sells.
1: <laughs> I didn't hear that. But yeah, and I don't think I,
0: it's going to happen. But let's hope not.
1: Uh, I guess I uh, I don't have much to add to the first part. I mean, we've talked about that with the the Mark Cuban quotes and stuff. I I completely agree with you. They're just they're pushing it too far, and it's going to change the way that the game is too much, and And but the thing is, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to alienate me. We'll see. (laughs) But and that's why they know they can do it because they can just keep pushing and pushing, and nobody's going to stop watching. And Mm -hmm. you know, we're all probably at fault for that. But we love love the game. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, what was your second thing about there?
0: I don't even remember. I talked about a lot of stuff there. But one of the things I was going to say is that I don't necessarily think I'll ever get alienated. But just with how many blowouts there's been and how many changes in the off field issues that they've had this year. I can confidently say that I've enjoyed this NFL season less than any other season I can remember.
1: Sure, and I'd get on board with that. And I, and I know I'm watching a little bit less. I used to religiously watch all three games in a row on Sundays, and I know, and maybe it's you know, relates to my life right now too. Yeah. And we're getting a little bit older, and it's hard to do that. But I'm I'm okay sometimes missing the three o'clock games or the Sunday night game if I have stuff going on. Whereas before, I would make sure I wasn't doing anything at all on Sundays. So mm-hmm. I uh, I. No, I can definitely get on board with you saying that. It's it's different, and and I'll never miss a Packer game, but I guess I'm watching less of the rest of it.
0: Yeah, but that's the kind of fans they want, because if you look at those commercials, apparently their fans are just these huge giant fans who have everything in their house decked out in Packer stuff, wear Packer stuff head to toe, and love the Packers so much that they go to the grocery store in the middle of the game and have to watch it on their phone. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know what kind of target fan they have in mind, but it doesn't yeah, se- weird. yeah, it doesn't seem to be you and me right now, that's for sure. And to go on to talk about some crazy rule changes. Daniel Johnson sent us a great article and some comments here, and I'll read his introduction and then we'll talk about the article. Uh, He said, can you guys share your thoughts on the NFL possibly changing the rules to make it tougher for kickers? I have an issue with the whole thought that kickers are too good at what they do and so we have to make it harder. Last year we had a quarterback throw for 55 touchdowns and 5,400 yards and in the offseason they increased emphasis on enforcement of defensive penalties because Seattle won the Super Bowl and they were thought of as a defensive team that bullied their way to the title. We're having so many quarterbacks throw for 4,000 plus or even 5,000 plus yards and over 40 touchdowns and they just keep making it easier for them. Do you think the popularity of fans fantasy football and the NFL's endorsement of it has anything to do with making it easier for offenses. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the Fall Experimental Football League, but they are trying to become a minor league system in the NFL, and the NFL has asked them to experiment with some kicking rules that they may utilize later. And let's talk about those kicking rules first before we talk about some of those other points which we've touched upon in in earlier podcasts as well. But there's six rules that the FXFL, uh, which I find it funny that it's the XFL is the last half of it. Um, Here are the kicking rules: the ball will be placed at the 17-yard line for extra point kicks, making it a 34-yard attempt. Two-point conversions will not change. Teams will kick off from their own 25-yard line, and no member of the kicking team will be allowed to line up further back than the 20-yard line. The receiving team then must have at least eight players in a live zone between the kicking team's 35 and 45. So it seems like you have to have you can't set up as big of a return or something. Um, once the kickoff goes 20 yards, the first uh, touching has to be by the receiving team. If the receiving team does not touch the ball, it can roll dead. So I guess 20 yards for an onside kick, and then if it goes beyond that, it's like a punt. Hmm. All field goals will be attempted from outside the hash marks, making tougher angles for kickers, and to possibly, quote, put a premium on scoring touchdowns. And finally, defenses in the FXFL will be allowed only four different looks against punting units. If a gunner is forced out of bounds on punt coverage, he still is allowed to return and make the first contact with the runner. So only four different looks against the punting unit. So I haven't had a chance to really react to these, but... They're really kind of butchering the kicking game. And uh, the hash well, marks Why put one. so
1: much thought into something so simple <laughs> that's worked for so long? It doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like the hash marks one, well, how does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> if, so if they get tackled in the middle of the field, do you just have to decide which hash mark you're going to put it on? I,
0: I guess. I mean, I would assume, and outside the hash marks... so. To me, if you're a right-footed kicker and you're left of the hash marks, it's not a big deal. But as we see in college, when you have to do the one where you kick it, you're you're running one way and then you have to kick it back the other way, that's when they kind of screw up. But it's like, I know the kickers are good right now, but do you want to have... Who's ever sit there when Tom Brady's got a chance for a game-tying field goal or somebody has a game-winning field goal? Who watched Super Bowl 36 and said, man... This really sucks. I wish it was nineteen to, to to fourteen right now and this game was over. Like
1: Yeah, I don't get it. And I don't get why they think extra points are ruining everybody's lives either. I know they're yeah. boring and kinda of pointless, but it, it takes two seconds. It's it's Yeah. I don't watch football and I know I know we've talked about this too, but I don't watch football in in save man, this is good, but these extra points that are taking five <laughs> seconds after they score it just makes me want to change the channel and turn the T V
0: off. Yeah, I know for sure, I'm a giant basketball fan, but if they don't put a pinwheel between a free throw shooter and the basket, I just can't watch the game. I mean, those automatic shots are just, they're just ruining the sport for me. It's
1: like if there's one second of downtime, they just are afraid they're gonna lose everybody.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, but most of the people watch Red Zone or they fall on their phone and, well I guess, you know, everybody's watching it on their phone at the party, and you know if if there's an extra point there somebody's going to put the phone down and they're just going to hate the NFL and just yep. go on you know having a socializing so i i would love to see they, i wish the NFL was a public company kind of so you could read their their business the plan the, yeah. yeah i want to know what the heck their target customer is because it's baffling this game is incredibly popular being basically unchanged since the 1940s and they're trying to mess with it because we're only at growing at a rate of you know 3 billion a year or whatever it is give me a break i they should look up new coke right now we're the biggest soft drink on the world so there must be something wrong with us let's change it completely and watch how everybody's going to just come flocking to us it's it it almost does feel like a new coke situation where they're just Except, n- yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: The difference with that is you can't just say, oops, and bring back regular Coke. Like, if you're changing the league this much, you can't just just say, sorry about that, and yeah. go all the way back to what you were doing before, most likely. It's kind of good. If you have a team in London, you can't just say, all right, sorry, guys, you're done for, and just stop everything that you changed. But yeah. you're right. It, it seems like you could be getting to that irreversible point of, like, just too much.
0: Well, especially with the, the one thing is that if you get a bunch of casual fans, like <laughs> – trying to think of a good example, but imagine if the Big 12 went back to that Oklahoma-Texas 13-3 kind of games next year. I mean, you can't just go back with a lot of that stuff. Or the other fact of it is you de-emphasize everything because of safety, apparently, which I don't believe them. I think it's partially because of safety and saving lawsuits, but they want the points. They want the excitement. You can't come back in five years and say, oh, I, actually, we're not that concerned about concussions. Turns out, false alarm. Uh, so... It'll be interesting to see what happens. Like you said, there's no way I'm not watching Packer games. But we've made this analogy quite a few times that this could become my next Brewers. I watch tons of Brewer games. I watch less than two non-Brewer games the rest of the year um, outside of the World Series. So yep. we'll we'll see. But I don't I don't understand. You know, we're, we both do some business I mean we're not the high level business people but we've been uh we've got some business education we do some business stuff for our careers and this makes zero sense to me why you mess with the actual product uh in addition to trying to expand it to other parts of the world makes less sense than trying to go to London to me yeah okay was there anything else that caught your eye yesterday that you wanted to talk about before we go to our picks
1: uh no not really I guess I'm a little disappointed to see Carson Palmer out For the Cardinals, so they had another good win, and their defense came through again. But you just hate to see, we were just talking about how excited we were to kind of see what they could do in the playoffs, and you feel like this is probably putting a stop to whatever might have happened. I know that their defense is so good, they might still be able to, they'll probably make the playoffs, and but you just, I don't know, it's so frustrating to see a team like that that I've been rooting for, and then you just think in a heartbeat, it's just done.
0: Well, and they still have at San Francisco, they have two games against Seattle, I mean, it's still an uphill battle for them. And Bruce yep. Arians came out today, and he said, oh, I think we can still win a Super Bowl with Drew Stanton. And they talked about that as, oh, yeah, don't count the Cardinals out. I'm like, well, what else is he going to say? Well, that sucks. Right. We have no <laughs> chance. <done>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: It, their defense is good enough they can maybe win a game or two in the playoffs, but I don't see them making a three- or four-game run with Drew Stanton.
0: No. And yeah, it, I feel bad for him. Uh, I feel bad for Carson Palmer, I think. And, uh, you know, Bruce Arians seems to... To run a tight ship, and but, you know, it. I don't know what else you're supposed to say about it. It kind of happens, and it yep. sucks that it happened again, and it sucks that it happened the week before they're going to play the Lions, which... Yeah, true. I want to talk about that real quick, too, is the Lions... Uh, I made a comment on Twitter yesterday that them beating the Miami Dolphins was a, a tough blow for the Packers because uh, the road to running down Detroit is going to be much more difficult now. I know they have the Cardinals and then they have the Patriots, but if you start looking at those tiebreakers that the Packers right now don't have that great of a conference record. They're only 4-3 and three in the conference. And uh, as strange as it sounds right now, the Buffalo is a must-win game. And if Detroit loses to New England, which I think they probably will, then the Packers absolutely have to beat the Patriots because the first tiebreaker is common games after division record. And so hopefully the Bears can steal one. But uh, I don't know. This Detroit team looks vulnerable, but at some point they have to lose, and they haven't done that yet.
1: Sure. Yeah, I, I don't. They lost to the Bills. I just, and they nearly lost to the Falcons. I just, I'm not buying into this team at all right now. I think they're winning games against teams that they sh, that they probably shouldn't be, and that they're probably more talented than. So, I think their defense is good, but I do not trust this team to stay with it. And they've been so bad down the stretch the last couple of years.
0: Mm-hmm. I,
1: I guess I'm feeling really confident about the division right now.
0: Okay. Well, I, I hope you're right. And there's reason to believe that confidence. I guess. Maybe it's
1: We're so much better than they are, I think. And maybe that doesn't translate to the records at the end of the year, but we're so much better than they are.
0: Yeah, and part of me wishes we got them sooner a little bit. I, I hate the thought that if you stub your toe against the New England Patriots or if somehow you lose one of these other games, I mean, outside of the New England game, they should win all the rest of their games if you look at it, but I'm sure they'll lose one or two of them. I just hate the idea of by the time you get to Week 17, you're, much like 2010, you're too far away to catch them. Um, And so we'll see what happens. But They'll lose
1: some bad games on the stretch for sure.
0: And I'm I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. So let's hope that happens and maybe they'll start uh, with Arizona against – wasn't Drew Stanton a former Lion or am I thinking of somebody else? I think you're right, yeah. Okay, so I guess he can maybe stick it to his maybe former team. Let's see if that happens. (laughs) (laughs) All right, now let's pick our Week 11 picks. We didn't do all that great last week. I didn't have a chance to tally it. I think you uh, gained a game or two on me, though. I did okay,
1: yeah. I've got nine right so far, and I've got Philly tonight.
0: Yeah, and I picked Carolina, and I don't know if I did that just out of haste or what, or maybe I thought it was in Carolina, but I couldn't believe when I was looking at my list today that I picked Carolina at the Eagles, so that was a really well, stupid Well, pick.
1: Mark Sanchez is starting tonight, which made me almost change my mind, too, so it, it could not be that bad of a pick.
0: Yeah, but, you know... I. Cam Newton's been brutal so yeah, far. Carolina stinks. Yeah, they're horrible. So I think you're probably gonna pick up another game on me. But Bills Dolphins is our Thursday night game. Uh, to me, for some reason, I still get the warm and fuzzies about this matchup, thinking about Jim Kelly versus Dan yeah. Marino.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> and how the jerseys are, are are much different now too. The Dolphins, especially, just disgusting. Yeah. But yeah. I'm I'm picking those disgusting jerseys. I think <laughs> that the Dolphins win this one pretty handily.
0: Uh, you made a remark about the uh the the softness of those jerseys to yeah. me um i'll i'll keep it at that but um i'll take the dolphins as well i think this is when the wheels are gonna start flying off that buffalo train okay Texans at Browns. Uh, wow, it's, we're in the second half of the season. The Browns are still a winning club. They were very impressive against Cincinnati on the road, although Cincinnati's another one of those teams that I really am never surprised if they beat somebody by 50 or lose by 50. Uh, but the Browns, can they beat the Texans?
1: I am having a really hard time with this one because I think they're really comparable and I think Houston's starting, uh, Ryan what? Mallett this yep. weekend. Is that right? Yes, they are. Okay, so, oh, man, I, I think, I think I just like I'm taking Cleveland But it's super close I think their defenses Are kind of comparable But at least you maybe Have a more established Quarterback Their run game's been Pretty bad though too I I don't know It's a tough one It's in Cleveland So I guess That's my main reason For it
0: You know what I'm going to I'm going to take Houston I think Ryan Mallett Was named the starter Right after their last game So he's been practicing As the starter for two weeks He was in New England With Tom Brady uh, yeah. His backups At least at the start Of their careers And including Brian Hoyer I mean they've done okay And I still don't trust Cleveland yet I, I just think they're going to be Kind of an up and down team And I think Houston's The kind of team That can force them Into some bad plays on, Offensively uh, So I'm going to take The Texans in a I guess a pretty big upset The Falcons At the Panthers Um I really hope I don't see any of this game.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm going to take. I'm not buying Carolina at all right now. I'll take Atlanta. It's kind of crazy. Atlanta's only a game out of that division right now, <laughs> yeah, I think. Yeah. To think about how bad they've looked this year at times and to think they could still be a playoff team this year is kind of crazy. But mm-hmm. I think that they could maybe turn things around and beat a bad Carolina team. I'll take Atlanta.
0: Atlanta is your Oakland. When I was tallying it up, you picked Atlanta like six times
1: this year. Can't stop. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm going to take the Panthers just because I don't think the Falcons are very good. And I, I guess when I have two bad teams, I always default to the home team. Sure. Bengals at Saints. Um, I, I guess I haven't picked first on any of these. I think the Saints, well, I don't know. Um, I'll take the Saints. I, I don't think they'll lose two in a row at home.
2: Yeah,
1: I will too in New Orleans. I think since he looked really bad last week, but I think that might just be kind of who Andy Dalton is. I'll take New Orleans. At, in New Orleans, they pretty much always win.
0: Yeah, and despite Seahawks and Chiefs being on the schedule at noon, I'm sure that the executives at Fox will insist on showing us poor folks in Wisconsin Vikings at Bears. Absolutely. Uh, uh, I ugh, I hate that. Uh, they, I remember when those teams were the worst, like in the early 2000s, there'd be some great Eagles game on, and we'd always get, oh, here's the 3-9 and nine Lions at the 4-8 and eight Bears. Have a great day. Um, so I don't want to watch this game, but I'm sure we're going to have to. Who's going to win it?
1: Yeah, um, after what we saw last night I'm I'm really inclined to pick Minnesota But I think if you're Chicago You've got to come out with something Minnesota's bad And I think Chicago's bad too But I think in Soldier Field They're embarrassed I mm-hmm. just think they're a lot more talented than Minnesota. I'll, maybe it's stupid, but I'll take the Bears.
0: I'm going to take the Bears, too, just for the simple fact that they haven't won yet at Soldier Field this year. There's wow. no way they're going to go 0-8 or 1-7 yeah. at Soldier Field, I don't think. Um, it's certainly possible, but I think the Vikings are not much better than what we've seen out of the Bears recently. So I'll take the Bears. Broncos at Rams. Yikes. Indoors. Um, I guess I'll pick first. I think that uh Denver's going to win this game. No explanation needed. Yeah, yeah
1: Denver-St. Louis might hold them down a little bit offensively, but there's no way they can keep up, keep up with that offense.
0: Yeah, and yesterday I had some people over for the game, and it's striking. I'm sure I was the only one talking about this, because I'm the only one who's seen recent 90s football, but it's striking to me how similar this Rams team is to Jeff Fisher's Oilers teams, where they'll play you tough is the old adage, and they'll beat San Francisco and they'll beat Seattle and they'll come back the next week and just get absolutely thrashed by somebody who's not very good. So I think that you know, they could maybe be a little bit closer with Denver than you think, but, you know, I I just feel like as long as Jeff Fisher's there with that talent level that the ceiling for this team is probably eight and eight. Yeah. All right, Seahawks at Chiefs, which is probably the best game of the early slate. Um, yeah, and probably at least until the Sunday night game. So uh, Seahawks-Chiefs, who do you got in that one? I'm going to take the Chiefs in an upset.
1: Okay. I think uh, it's an arrowhead. They're good in arrowhead. and I just have not been impressed with the Seahawks lately. I know Kansas City's really hit and miss. They'll either have a really good game, they'll look terrible, but I think they show up against uh, Super Bowl champs and, and have a good game, and I think Seattle gets beat.
0: I'm actually going to pick Seattle in this game. I think that I don't trust Alex Smith to put enough pressure on this defense down the field. He seems like the kind of guy that'll play it safe, especially being at home. He'll rely on the dump passes, and I just don't think that's a formula to beat the Seahawks. Sure. So I'm going to I'm going to take Seattle. 49ers at Giants. Um, Early game for both the Seahawks and and Niners at noon. So uh, any chance for an upset?
1: No, I don't think so. I think they the Giants got completely exposed on their edges in that game yesterday with with Russell Wilson, and they're going to see the same thing with Kaepernick. They'll probably be a little bit more prepared for it. I don't know if you watched much of that Seahawks game. I know, I know you watched a little bit. Yeah. But every time Russell Wilson wanted to, he just faked the handoff and ran around the corner, and nobody was guarding him. Yeah. And the same with on Lynch, they just run around the corner and. They're going to see it again this week, so they better get ready to to fix whatever was wrong with them. So I think it's a bad matchup, and I think the Giants are pretty bad right now.
0: All I remember about that game is the Seahawk landing on the fan's head.
1: I didn't see that.
0: <laughs> it was so good. I'm sure it's somewhere, but it's yeah, like they do it like in Atlanta too, where they they send this thing out there and it's supposed to you know land on a guy like a falconer's arm or something. Oh,
1: an actual hawk! I thought you real meant like, a se- player. Both times you said that to me, I thought. Oh. Like, I was trying to picture a player landing on somebody's head.
0: No, like the legit hawk just I ignored saw that. the guy. Yeah, okay. okay, you did. Yeah. No, I don't think any hawks fell on fans. As far as I know
1: Yeah, that poor old guy It was just getting attacked But then he petted it afterwards I don't know if you saw that
0: Yeah, he played it so much cooler than me I would have been punching at
2: that bird And I would have got up and ran away And the I would Like have...
1: McCarthy version of that. <laughs>
2: Yes I would have reacted much like McCarthy did To tripping on the cord For sure um, I'll take
0: the 49 ers I think that the I want to pick the Giants because I feel like they got some gutsy guys that were on those Super Bowl teams, but they just don't have enough talent elsewhere. So I think that ship has sailed for this bunch of Giants and coaching staff as well. The Buccaneers versus the Redskins. Yikes! Um, I'll take the Washington Redskins in this one. Tampa Bay is similar to how Atlanta is for you. I've picked them so many times. I'm done with that. I'll take the Redskins.
1: Yeah, I'll take the Skins, too. I don't buy either of these teams at all. But I think they Washington probably has a little bit more firepower on offense, and both defenses are bad. So I'll take, I guess, Washington at home.
0: Yeah. The Raiders at the San Diego Chargers, the Chargers who have been really one of the worst teams for probably the last, what, three or four games. Yeah. And the Raiders, I guess they're sort of staying in games for a while and then giving it, you know, not... Staying close in the second half, you would think they got to win one eventually. Uh, is there a chance that they can keep this uh, pain going for San Diego?
1: No, I think this is the perfect opportunity for San Diego to turn it around, turn it around and make a push to get into the playoffs again here. So I think the Chargers roll.
0: Yeah, I'm tempted. If this was in Oakland, I'd pr- maybe pick the Raiders. Yes, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but definitely not in San Diego. The Lions at Cardinals, a big, big game. Unfortunately, we're not even going to get to watch it because uh, the Packers are playing at the same time. But uh, who you got? This is
1: a tough one because both defenses are really good. I don't trust the Lions offense against this Cardinals defense at all, but I don't know what to expect from Stanton. I'm I'm going to take the Cardinals just okay. because it seems like no matter what happens. I mean, they won with Logan Thomas, they've won with Stanton this year. Yeah. And I'm not buying the Lions at all in Arizona. I guess maybe just because I want to see it so bad, but I'll take the Cardinals.
0: <laughs> yeah, um this is a really tough one. So they
1: just don't lose, and I, the Lions are just, you know, just hanging on by a thread and just barely winning. It, it seems, it's a tough one.
0: Yeah, and, and who did Stanton beat? Did he beat the 49ers, I think he beat, right? Yes,
1: I know that was one of them. I think he played in a couple other games, too, but I don't remember. Yeah. Had,
0: At home, I guess I'll I'll ride the Cardinals maybe the same way you said. I think maybe just because I really want it to happen. Um I could see the Lions playing like crap again And digging out a 17-16 win on a last-second drive again But uh hopefully they got enough talent in that secondary Where they can maybe shut down Megatron And then if they do that, the Lions got nothing uh, The Cardinals have one of the best run defenses in the NFL So I'll take the Cardinals Patriots versus Colts I always want to think this is Manning and Brady um, I guess I'll pick first on this one I'm going to take the Patriots I know the Colts are at home, but it just feels like this a game where there's going to be a bunch of turnovers by Andrew Luck. And, uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I feel like this is a game New England's tailor-made to win, especially the way they're playing right now.
1: Yeah, I'm on the fence about this, too, and New England's been playing so well. But I think I'll take Indy, and probably not for any difference than if it was in Foxborough. I'd take the Patriots, but I'll, I'll take the, the Colts because they're at home. So I think it'll be a good game, though, and it should be a good thing to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited about that game. I really like Andrew Luck. I I feel like I say that every week, but definitely uh, this should be a fun one. And then another game on Monday Night Football that was clearly chosen by some TV exec throwing a dart at the Week 11 (laughs) schedule, Steelers at Titans. (laughs) Who you got in that one? (laughs) We always kind of
1: talk about like the teams in different sports leagues that seem like they don't exist anymore and the Tennessee Titans are definitely that team in the NFL this year. I feel like I haven't seen one snap of them. Yeah. Just, just one time I was driving home during the noon games and I, just because I thought it was cozy, I listened to Browns Titans early in the year, but that was (laughs) like the extent of my Titans, um, this season. I, I'm gonna take Pittsburgh, I guess. Tennessee doesn't have much going for them right now. I don't think they have like any talent on that team and uh, Pittsburgh can at least Score some points, I think, so I'll take them on the road
0: I'm not sure I can name a player on the Titans right now Like, is is Jake Locker, he's hurt, right? Zach Mettenberger started the Oh, Zach Mettenberger, season. that's right, okay yep. And and so they have him, they have, I, I presume they have a coach, right?
1: They do have a coach, yep
0: uh, I have no idea who it is <laughs> I couldn't tell you either <laughs> But I don't know, I mean, this, when was the last time they were on national
1: TV? Of, Forever. I mean, when's the last primetime game they've had? It has to have been like three, four years.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they probably had a Thursday nighter in, in there somewhere again. Yeah. Oh the yeah. The we'll nighters. Yeah. Yeah, but like a Monday night or something. Um, that's that doesn't matter. I still pick Pittsburgh. I think they won't have two. They won't lay two eggs in a row. I don't think. Well, they might. I don't know. I don't know anything about Pittsburgh. They, that whole division is Ooh, so Ken Wizenhunt, right? Oh yeah, there you go. <laughs> Ken Wizenhunt, He when was the last time he was with Pittsburgh? It's been a while, right?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of
0: times. Okay, so I don't think it'll matter. I think Pittsburgh will win. <laughs> okay, so that uh, wraps up Week 11. Uh, tonight, I know we picked opposite teams, but the pa Oh, we got to talk about this game. The Eagles are coming to play the Packers. we got to pick that one. Uh, I, an- another instance where we're trying to pick blind a little bit. We don't have a chance to see Mark Sanchez play prior to making our picks here, but um, I guess... What do you expect out of Sanchez, not only tonight, but against the Packers, and uh, can the Packers beat Philadelphia?
1: Yeah, it, like you said, we're kind of going in blind. It's hard to really know what you're in for until you see tonight's game with Sanchez. I didn't see much of the game last week when he got to play. Mm-hmm. I I really like the Packers' chances here at home against Sanchez. I It seems like a good recipe, for sure. Um, I mean, the Eagles are explosive. They'll score some points against our defense, I think, but I don't see the Packers losing.
0: Yeah, I don't either, and their defense, they've kept the points down, but the actual yardage on their defense is not very good, um, so I think I don't even know how explosive they'll be. I think there is a chance that this game could get out of hand much like the Carolina one did or that first Bears game. Yeah. If uh, Sanchez comes out and throws a turnover or two or has a couple quick three and outs, the Packers are going to be geared up. It's going to be a 3:25 game, so practically a night game. I think the Packers are feeling really good about themselves, and uh, I just don't think that, the, that Mark Sanchez, especially in his second or third game playing, I don't think he's got what it takes to, to put the pressure on the Pack, so sure. I, I'm pretty confident uh, that the Packers are going to in this game Alright Alright so uh, that's all we have for this week We have some other great comments that you've been uh, All sharing with us uh, Everybody had a really good reaction to our last week's show With a lot of the, the super what ifs And whatnot. so um, we'll get to Some of the what ifs that you've proposed In future shows um, We've talked quite a bit already today and then last week We did what six what ifs So uh, it's nice I know we're going to ask you to have some patience here But it's nice to have some in the In the uh, queue uh, to be able to have in future shows so but if you want to continue sending them our way or give us any kind of comments on this show or last week's what if show uh, you can do so on our facebook page green and gold forever podcast you can send us an email at green and at gmail.com you can follow me on twitter and see my crazy rants during the games at green gold forever that's the number four and also uh Make sure to tune in every Friday for the Green and Go Forever preview on KZ Radio, which is 92.9 in Appleton in the Fox Cities. It's 104.3 in Green Bay and worldwide at KZ Radio. And, uh, not only do you get to hear us talk about the, the game, you get to hear about, uh, a prediction, some of the old stuff, you also get to hear some great 80s tunes. I mean, Van Halen's there, you got Bon Jovi, I mean, if you're a big fan of, uh, I don't know, Motley Crue, I don't know if they have Motley Crue, but they, you know, all, all your kind of big hits. George Michael, Matt, huge George Michael fan. Huge, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one of your favorites, so, I mean, you, you can catch all the great hits, uh, on KZ Radio. Well, usually, we would do the pick right here, but I kind of inverted things so um matt don 't get buried in the snow tonight
1: I will try we actually it was mostly rain today, it kind of just missed us, but my car was coated in ice when I walked out of work, and it 's supposed to stay cold and snow all night now so i'll i'll try to stay safe
0: Well, just think about me down south here in uh sort of south central southern with tropical apple oh gosh i 'm going to be Oshkosh. sitting yeah it's I'm, I'm getting ready for a pool party down here so <laughs> All right, so uh, we'll uh, talk to you next week. And for Matt in Altoona, I'm Eric in Oshkosh, and uh, enjoy the games. Take care, everyone.